0: Eagles rain revenge on the Chiefs. The Ravens are the new top seed in the AFC. The Broncos find themselves back in playoff contention. This is the Fumble Ruski Podcast. Welcome to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Chris Kostich and we have CJ Medeiros back for the first time in a long time. It's been quite a while since you've been on the show, but
1: hi, CJ. Hello there.
0: It's been it has been quite a while. Uh, CJ is a senior who is about to graduate fairly soon, a couple of months. Um, so he's been very busy, but Chris and I are here to ta- to uh, to pick up the slack. So no issues there. But we are covering the week eleven action and recapping all of the action that happened. And we are going to start with Monday night football. The Eagles getting revenge from the Super Bowl, uh, from this previous year's Super Bowl on the Chiefs. So it it took all pretty much all game for the Eagles to get any lead until, more specifically, about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Throughout the entirety of this game, Kansas City was leading. And then the Eagles eventually came back with two touchdowns from Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's bas- that basically sums up how this game went. But, uh, guys, initial takes on this game.
1: CJ, I'll let you go first since you're returning. Thank
2: you. You're very generous. <laughs> so... Let's not mince words. The Kansas City wide receiver, just pass catch room in general, cost them this game. No ifs, ands, or buts. And we've spoken a bit about how C.J. Stroud has done more with less, right? But at the end of the day, we've all said he's going to need a wide receiver one eventually. We've all bemoaned the fact that Patriots quarterback Mac Jones has never had a true wide receiver one. And there are other teams that we talk about like how Jalen Hurts struggled until he got AJ Brown Tua struggled until he got Hill and Waddle. Even Justin Fields is looking ever so slightly better with DJ Moore, even though their record's not really improving, but it is what it is. But this shows that even Patrick Mahomes, who far and away is the best quarterback in the league, head and shoulders above everyone else. This shows that even he is not immune to this. His wide receiver room is abysmal. You've got Kadarius Tony, Marquez Vaudez, Scantling, Sky Moore, uh, Justin Watson. I feel like there's someone else that I'm forgetting.
0: Justin Watson was actually re- released. Yeah, wait, he got what? arrested.
2: Wait, wait. Then who's eighty-four?
0: Justin Watson. Wait. But oh, did I he, meant he ju-
2: touchdown yesterday.
0: I meant Justin Ross.
2: Oh, Justin Ross. No, I said Justin Watson. Just-
0: Okay, all right, then then I misheard.
2: Nah, it's all good. So, so my point is, but who's going to be your wide receiver? One, none of them. And we saw what happened uh, with that, where you have Marquez Bautas scantling who beats his man. His guy's like five yards behind him. Mahomes' beautiful pass hits him in stride right through the hands. And my point is, Tyreek Hill, if he's still there, and you weren't in the cap crunch, Tyreek Hill catches that ball. Heck, uh, the other one they, they got rid of there, uh, Nicole Hardman. Very real chance. More likely than not, he catches that ball as well. So this just underscores the need to have a true elite wide receiver one. And I know Adam's mantra over the past few years has been defense and running the ball. But let this game show you, and Patrick Mahomes, I think, will tell you himself, that area of the league's dead. This is a wide receiver, like, passing offense-driven league, and we've said this for a bit, and the thing is, I keep saying this only because it's true, that even Mahomes is not immune, and that speaks volumes. Then there's Philly. Philly advances to 9-1 and one on the year. They are just the juggernauts in this league, and they – you know they're able to topple the chiefs and you know we, we might get to them later but all in all they might be the new team to beat
1: i'll keep that brief I agree okay. with that um yeah the eagles definitely this was a great obviously morale win because you know you beat the team that you lost to in the super bowl and i've i kind of felt like that this should have been more of an eagles game in general i've was expecting them to be in the lead for the entire game, not the other way around. I'm happy. This ended up still being a close game was not expecting it to be as much of a defensive battle as much as it was. I was expecting it more to be closer to the high twenties, low thirties or somewhere, not as much as what we saw in the Super Bowl, obviously, but somewhere in a somewhat higher scoring range, but it was crappy weather uh, yesterday, but really the, the big takeaway here is the receivers on the Chiefs just suck. Oh, my God. It's, you know, back to the point of, like, the receivers for Mahomes not being great, and this is kind of what Brady was dealing with. And now Mahomes is dealing with it. And Brady obviously did an amazing job in that early part. Ooh. He did an amazing job in that early part of his career with the receiving core that he had. Now we're seeing the same thing with Mahomes, and he's getting by, but how much longer is he going to get by at this point, right? Because the Chiefs receivers have the most drop passes in the league, and one of them, one of the big drops, coming at a point where it was almost a big touchdown late in the game. So you kind of wonder how much longer the Chiefs are going to be able to ride with this receiving core. Yeah, you got Mahomes, and Mahomes is such a huge game changer, as everyone knows. argue he's easily top one in the league and he's going to lead them to probably another deep playoff run but it's probably going to get halted they probably won't even make that deep of a playoff run with how bad these receivers have been playing
0: you know um the way i look at this game we can talk all we want about the chiefs and how bad their wide receiving core is i agree with every bit of what you guys have said about them I don't want to give any slack to the Philadelphia Eagles right now.
1: Oh, definitely yep. not.
0: Yes, they're 9-1, and one, but that was an ugly victory for them. I get it was against another contending team, but this, this game kind of shows for me why we never see Super Bowl rematches the very next year. We almost never see it. I think it's only happened once. It was in the 90s when the Bills and Cowboys faced off twice. That's it. And we can see why, because this Eagles team is very shaky. Yes, they have an unbelievable running game. And that short game that they have on the on the ground, legendary. The tush push, there's a reason why people want it outlawed because it is such a good play. Um, and I'm not saying I agree with it, CJ. I know you made the face. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying that just that's how effective that play is. Look at their passing game. You have Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, and AJ Brown only had one catch for eight yards. You were playing from behind the entire game, and you had to lean on your running game. God forbid you you face a defense that can actually legitimately stop the run. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to be able to beat them through the air? Because I'm not so sure Jalen Hurts can do that. You failed to do that. uh, You failed to do that during this past Super Bowl. Are you going to be able to do it when it actually matters? Because also let's be let's be real about that playoff run. It was a joke. The The 49ers were done before it even started. In every other game, they just blew doors against them. The only true test they faced was the Kansas City Chiefs, the good Kansas City Chiefs from last year, and they beat them. It was a close game, but you could not win in a shootout game where you actually had to pass. I know Jalen Hurts had a solid game, but a good game isn't good enough if you don't win the game. So that's my takeaway is that both of these teams are very shaky and we're not getting a rematch. I know everyone wants to say that, but that's not going to happen. That's what that's my takeaway from this.
1: Sorry, I didn't know if CJ had something else you wanted to say. Um yeah, it's that's the thing is that we the Eagles both teams are definitely really shaky. I like the Eagles more in general because they have more of a complete team. Granted, Jalen Hurts definitely isn't having as good of a season, but the run game in the defense has been obviously playing a huge part in the Eagles' success, and they showed it last night, obviously. They got an interception off of uh, Mahomes. They were able to uh, force a fumble as well. Um, Not to say that the Chiefs' defense isn't – Uh, top five defense now all of a sudden because they are but it's just the fact that the Eagles were able to shut down more they were able to shut obviously they were able to shut down the Chiefs receivers and you shut down Kelsey and who else do you have obviously it's it's not great you know it's Marquez Valdis Stantling M V S Marquez Valdez Stantling three targets no receptions Sky Moore, two targets, one catch, four yards. Kadarius Toney, two catches, 12 yards. Your whole offense is Travis Kelsey, who had seven catches, 44 yards. And no one else is creeping up over that two or three reception mark besides Justin Watson, obviously. And it seemed like they were just trying to force feed him the ball. He had 11 targets.
0: Right. So God forbid they lose Travis Kelsey for the year. And he's already thinking about retirement, according to a couple of reports. So yeah. that is not actually not a couple of reports. He said it, it was from his own mouth. He said, I don't, no one thinks about retirement more than me with all the pain that I'm going through, yeah. which is crazy because he doesn't even block. He's just, he's basically a wide receiver who has the position name of tight end. It's like putting Devonte Adams at tight end and saying he's the greatest tight end of all time.
1: It doesn't really work, but he's not, I he's digress not there.
0: I digress there. We don't, that's a whole side tangent, but um, yeah, I mean, this Kansas city chiefs team is very shaky and there's a reason why I was not very high on them going into the season. I didn't expect it to translate to this many wins. Seven and three is certainly a big win for them, but um, we'll see what happens during the postseason because there are some actually some really stingy teams in the AFC who could really punch this chiefs team in the mouth. The AFC playoff picture is wide open right now. Wide open. Could we see? And this is another massive side tangent. Don't give any any too much time into this. Could we see CJ Stroud as the offensive rookie of the year, the MVP, and go to a Super Bowl and win Super Bowl MVP? I sound like a massive Texans homer, but this guy, <laughs> this kid, is. This kid is doing things I have never seen from a rookie quarterback.
2: Yeah, probably not. But imagine if he does.
0: I mean, oh, even this,
1: even this past week, even this past week, CJ Stroud, three hundred thirty-six. He still had an amazing game despite having three interceptions.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give too much time into put too yeah, much time into it because that's not what the segment's about. But just just a thought, just with how how these some of these teams have come out of left field and started playing well. Jacksonville's really good. Houston, uh, the Bengals are out now. That They're done. Uh, but the rest of the AFC North is competitive. I don't know. They're, I feel like one of these teams can knock out Kansas City, and next thing you know, they're not in the AFC Championship this year. Just saying. All right, we're going to move on. And as a result of the Chiefs losing this game, We have a new top dog in the AFC, at least for now. We're going to touch on that next and what it means for the rest of the AFC landscape. That's next. This is the Fumble Risky Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, Chris Kostic, CJ Medeiros, with you. All right, so Baltimore Ravens have been kicking ass lately. That is no secret whatsoever, um, and they are now the top seed in the AFC at eight and three right now. So Kansas City has been moved down a slot, and for the first time this year. We have a team that is not named the Chiefs in the one spot. So, it's a such a it's a very simple question. So they obviously they lost Mark Andrews and they have a long history in the past couple of years of injuries that hamper their season. Is this it for the Ravens? Are they the team to beat right now this season? They've been blowing out teams left and right. What do you guys think? CJ. All
2: right, fair enough. Ah. Uh, my gut tells me no especially with the mark andrews injury do we have an update in severity on that or no
0: there is an outside chance he can he can uh, rejoin the team at some point this season but i would not hold out hope it's not looking as serious as it was but just with how late we are in the season maybe by the playoffs that's fair so
2: let's uh, let's take a gander, right? You said they're blowing out teams left and right. And you're right. The Ravens uh, ha- have been winning. Let's take a look at who they've played. They opened with the Houston Texans, where you beat a rookie, C.J. Stroud. You just edged out the Bengals with an injured Joe Burrow. That's that's fair. You lost to the Colts in overtime. You beat up on the the pitiful Browns. You lost to Pittsburgh in just an ugly showing. You beat the Tennessee Titans, who are, well, the Tennessee Titans. I'll give them credit here. They blew the doors off of Detroit, 38-6. That's great. Then you only beat the Arizona Cardinals by one score. You blow the doors off Seattle, but even still, they're looking a wee bit fraudulent. You narrowly lose to the Browns somehow, and then you just uh, beat the Bengals who lost Joe Burrow in that game. So, you, I I don't know. I'm not sold. And the injury to Mark Andrews doesn't help. And uh, when you, and uh, they don't really have a wide receiver one. I mean, Zay Flowers, I don't think he's that guy yet. Odell Beckham isn't what he once was. Nelson Aguilar maybe pops up here and there, but. They're a young team, but I don't know. They have the explosive talent. I mean, it's there. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if this is their year. Because, I mean, Lamar's been staying healthy, knock on wood. But once again, the injury bug might be starting to creep into the picture here. Also, completely, like like Adam said, side tangent. Ravens, you've had the same strength and conditioning coach for low these many years. Put that man in the unemployment line. You keep getting hurt, and he's still there. Not a coincidence. But that's either here nor there. But for me, it's the final six games that I think is that are going to make the Baltimore Ravens. Next, you have the Chargers, who, they, yes, they are coached by Brandon Staley, but they always put up a fight. That's a game you should win. Then there's the Rams. That's a very winnable game. Then there's the Jags that could be tough especially if the offense starts coming around like they did against the titans and then you have the san francisco 49ers which might might be your biggest test on the year and that's on christmas day you got to perform there then after that you have the uh, miami dolphins who hands down the best offense in the league the most firepower you know you got Tua you got Hill you got Waddle you got all yeah. the speedsters And then you end the year with the Steelers, who don't sound formidable, but come hell or high water, Ravens fans, you know, if Tuck was here, he'd agree with me. The Steelers always play them tough, and they lost their first game to Pittsburgh. So this game, I mean, there's some what should be softballs there, but don't forget, these could be considered trap games. So it's how they handle these final six games that's going to be uh, the big test for me, because... There's really no head and shoulders favorite in the AFC for me. I mean, we just got done talking about the Chiefs' flaws. Miami is reeking of fraudulence because they haven't beaten any good teams. You know, you have the Ravens that are there. I, mean, I broke them down. And the Jags, who haven't really convinced anyone. Then, you know, I guess there's the, the Texans, who are led by a rookie. The Browns are 7-3, and three, but they're quarterbacks out for the year. Denver might be on the up and up and Buffalo is horrifically fraudulent. So the AFC is wide open. And, in fact, when it comes to the AFC, here's my take officially. There's not a team to beat. There is no person head and shoulders on that next level. It's going to be a slugfest. And whoever is going to come out of that division, or conference, excuse me, and goes to the Super Bowl, they're going to be bruised and battered because it's going to be like a six-team slugfest to get that. And I'm not going to take away from the Ravens, but it's not just that they aren't head and shoulders above everyone else, is that nobody is.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to agree with that to an extent. I think this is the Ravens' year to be the one seed, debatably. I mean, yeah, Mark Andrews got hurt. Cool. You still got a pretty solid receiving core that's starting to really show up now, right? Zay Flowers, the rookie, he's been popping off pretty well. OBJ had a really good game on Thursday night. Lamar had a pretty solid game in general. My problem is that you look at that Thursday night game, it wasn't just Mark Andrews that got hurt, right? OBJ got hurt as well. Lamar got hurt. Lamar ended up playing. They both ended up finishing out the rest of the game. But there's these little seeds now that are getting sprinkled in, right? You never know what's going to happen. We could see, granted, granted, they do have some extra time to rest because of that Thursday night game. So it's kind of like an extended bye week for them. But in general, I think the seeds could be planted for the Ravens to possibly get injured more, right? Get injured with this bug. But looking at the rest of the conference, I'd still say the Ravens are probably going to end up being that top seed. That defense has been really good this year in general. Chiefs said it before that receiving core is not good. They're probably going to have to ride their defensive coattails. The Jaguars haven't really impressed anyone. Dolphins, they're still frauds in my opinion, unless they can beat a team over 500. The Browns, they could still be in the mix. Their defense just has to they're just gonna have to ride the defense's coattails too. The Texans are probably the only team that I can see making a deep run, but at the end of the day, they're probably just too, they're gonna be too young to really make that deep of a run. The Steelers, the only good thing that the Steelers have going for them right now is that they that they fired Matt Canada this morning. That's the only thing they really have going for them. The Bills overrated, they're frauds. The Colts, forget about them. They're they're in the ninth spot. I don't see them really making a run. The Broncos are the only team that really, obviously, catches my eye in what I think they could potentially
0: be a seven seed. We made a meme for them, but let's be let's be real about this about that uh, Broncos team. Okay, you know, they might make the playoffs, but I I don't see it, man. They the this is this is like they could sneak into the playoffs at ten and seven, but. They should really be looking to next year if they're looking to contend for a Super sure. But uh, I'm doesn't mean that they
1: can't make the playoffs this year. Who knows? They could surprise everyone and make and win the wild card round and lose in the divisional. That's regardless if they make it to the playoffs, it's a win on the season. But looking at the schedule, yeah, you got the Browns. They got a really good defense, but I think the Broncos defense can do a better job at containing a third-string quarterback. The Texans, yeah. I I think the Texans will beat the Broncos. Broncos versus Chargers. I think the Broncos are going to beat the Chargers. They're going to.
0: I agree. They'll probably sweep the Chargers. They had the Lions. Yeah, that's but that's besides the point. But um, the so the one team that I do so between the top two seeds, if they if the Ravens are to remain the top the number one seed, um, so you have um you have the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the only team I see threatening for the number 1 seed. The Jaguars I thought would be a lot better than than they actually are and they probably will be solid but I don't I don't see them making that deep of a run. Uh maybe the AFC Championship. I'm holding on to my AFC Championship uh my AFC Championship preseason prediction by a thread but it's not looking great. Um the Chiefs. Let's look at their schedule right now. So CJ gave CJ gave the Ravens schedule. Very tough schedule. They have one of the toughest remaining schedules left. Look at the Chiefs right now. They have the Raiders, Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders again, Bengals without Joe Burrow, and the Chargers. They have arguably the easiest schedule left. So, they, so the fact that they lost this game, maybe they lose one or two more. And that'll be that. But... Um they could very easily hold on to this number 1 seed at 13 and 4 and they get it back and the the road to the Super Bowl once again goes through Arrowhead. Who's beating who is beating Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead? Joe Burrow did it and uh a guy who's retired did it. Both guys are not playing in the NFL right now. So there is that. I understand their, their wide receiving core is very suspect, but oof, I don't bet against... I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead with Joe Burrow out of the league.
1: Yeah, and like I said, they, they still have a top-five defense. Doesn't mean they can't ride the defensive coattails. We've seen other teams do that. Patriot, the Patriots offense in 2018 was pretty subpar at the end there. Yeah. Even in the beginning of the 2019 season, they were riding the defense's coattails into the playoffs. You know, yeah. it's it's not like you can't do it. It's just the fact that I don't think it's sustainable enough. Yeah, there's other time. The Ravens in tw- 2000s did it, but that was one of the best defenses of all time. The Chiefs, this Chiefs defense is not the best defense of all time. So I don't think that they can necessarily ride this defense all the way to the Super Bowl the way that other great teams have.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah, we'll see how it all irons out. But good. My dog's in the room, and I thought he was going to start barking. He opened the door for himself. (laughs) Um, All right, well, we're going to move on and go on to the Denver Broncos who just – Uh, who just won their fourth straight game and are now in playoff contention. We're going to touch on that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright, Chris Kostic, CJ Medeiros. All right, so the Denver Broncos, don't look now, but after a one-in-five start where we thought they would be be with a top-five pick in this year's draft, they'd have to move on from Russell Wilson, fire everybody on the coaching staff, trade all of their best players. Not so fast. They have now won four straight... And these four games that they have won, they are not victories that you want to sneeze at. So, leading off, they beat the Chiefs. Just beating the Chiefs at all. I know they've been vulnerable. We've established that in the last couple segments. But any team to beat the Chiefs, especially the Broncos, very good achievement. Beat the Packers. Then uh, <clears throat> uh, then the, uh, the Bills and the Vikings. All teams who have been... Pretty good this year, besides the Packers, but they've had their moments. Um, Guys, what do we think about this Broncos team? What is their ceiling? Do they make the playoffs? Is this just a flash in the pan? CJ, go. I don't know. You see, momentum's momentum, and I've said many times
2: on this show. What's something I always say? Come on now. I mean, there's the old saying, a win is a win is a win, but I've always said not really, because there's difference between a win and a convincing win. Out of all of those games you mentioned, Adam, I do think it's worth noting that of the four games that they've won straight, only one, and I'll grant you that was against the Chiefs, only one wasn't a one-score game where they beat Kansas City 24-9 because they beat the Green Bay Packers by two, they beat the Buffalo Bills by two, and they beat the Minnesota Vikings by one. And like I said these are wins but they're not convincing wins. I'm going to need them to Remember how I mentioned how the Ravens blew the doors off the Lions, beat them like 38 to 6. That is a type of game I'm going to need to see from Denver. You have the Browns coming up and look, I know that they're Deshaun Watson-less, but that defense is still pretty good. You can put up a good game against them, that'll be impressive. The Texans are another team on the come up, you know, due to C.J. Stroud playing out of his mind because he is the best quarterback in that draft. I said it when he was drafted, and I'll say it again. The Chargers aren't a team to sneeze at, but it's doable. The Lions will be formidable. The Patriots should be a slam dunk victory of the Chargers again, like Adam said. And I know we're going through a schedule again, but this is like a slightly different thing. And you also have the Raiders who, by and large, even though their division should also be a slam dunk. So the way I see it, I'm going to need to see not, I mean, not just more wins, but more convincing wins. I'm going to need them to absolutely slaughter some of these teams. And you have the opportunity to do it. But even if they do make the playoffs, do we really see them beating the Chiefs again? Do we, and what if they run to Miami again? Do do you think Miami's going to, blow the door's off them again. It's very possible. Do they have the defensive toughness to stop the, the sheer unpredictability that is the Baltimore Ravens offense and even still can, and I mean, but I don't even see them uh, faring too, too well against Jacksonville. I mean, it's all doable. And like I said, any of these guys can win at any given time. But like I said, it's just, it's horrifically unpredictable. I'm leaning that they can, but a lot of it's just momentum. If they can string a few wins together and if they do get punched in the mouth, they do lose. Can they keep their head up? So these are the question that have to be answered because my first instinct says they can keep this going. But my question is not can they compete. But when they lose, because, you know, it's very rare to win out like your final six games. But if slash when they lose, how do they handle it? Do they get their back straight and their head up or do the wheels just come off? Because we've seen that happen to good teams before. All in all, I think Denver is a team to be wary of, but I don't know if they're in that KC, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami conversation just yet.
1: No, Chris, the conversation is definitely the fact that the conversation is if they can make the playoffs. I think it's very... Um, it's very clear they're not going to make a playoff run, you know. Just like the reasons you said, they're probably not going to. Lord knows how they would do if they played the Dolphins again. Lord knows how they would do against the Chiefs again. Lord knows how they would hold up against the Ravens or the Jaguars. Yada yada. It. I just think there's a new energy about this team, right? You could see the way that Russ and Cortland Sutton and all these other guys have been talking and the last few primetime games there's just a new energy about this team the way they're talking about the team the way they're talking about each other this is a team that has really come around since that week three blowout I think this is a team that can definitely make a run you know you're just saying the schedule how you know the Browns aren't necessarily the biggest slam dunk in the world Texans are going to be tough but you also got some guineas in there too. Not gonna lie. I mean, you look at we're just saying the Raiders. They should definitely beat the Raiders. They should 100% beat the Patriots. They should probably beat the Chargers if we were to look at it right now. So they're five and five. Say they beat the Browns, six and five. Say they lose to the Texans, six and six. Say they beat the Chargers, seven and six. Lions seven and seven. Patriots eight and seven. Maybe they sweep the Chargers. So, what, say they sweep the Chargers, that's nine and seven. They beat the Raiders, that's ten and seven. Granted, they did lose to the Raiders earlier this year, sixteen. But these these are also two very different Raiders Broncos teams. Not to say that the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I just think that the Broncos have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Raiders. With that being said, I'm still going to say that the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. And this defense, this defense is a whole different defense from what we saw in week three as well. Vance Joseph somehow has turned this defense around. For how much hate I've given that guy, he's done a pretty decent job of holding a lot of these top offenses to very few points. They held Patrick Mahomes to nine points, they held Josh Allen to under, under, uh, well, they held him to twenty-two points, but that was a low-scoring game for the majority of it. Where they held, yeah, they held Mahomes to eight points. Now there are some dips in the road, right? You let up thirty-one to Zach Wilson's Jets. You let up thirty-five to the Commanders earlier this year, but like I said, this is a very different team, you know, and. The most points they gave up was against the Bills, and they only gave up 22 when they probably could have let up 30. And that number probably should have been lower if they kept playing the way they played throughout the entirety of the game and didn't let up a few extra points at the end there. I digress, though. It's This next stretch, I think, is very doable as well. It's just, like CJ said, it's just a matter of how they react to Certain games. If they have a close game against the Browns, if they I think if they lose narrowly to some of these teams, it's not going to hinder them very much. You see a lot of it with a lot of like championship-winning teams and how they do in the past. I'm not saying the Broncos are a championship-winning team, but the way that they react to close losses against good teams in games that they probably shouldn't have been competitive in, it's definitely a huge morale boost. So if they can stay competitive and these games coming up, then it doesn't matter if they lose or not. I think it's going to be a huge morale boost regardless. And that should catapult them to a playoff push with all that momentum.
0: Yeah. The only games that I see them losing, like like legitimately losing, is against Houston and um, the other game that they have. I don't have it in front Detroit. of me. Uh, Detroit. Those are the only two teams I see them losing, uh, legitimately. And there could be another upset in there where they they don't win a game that they should win. Um, but overall, this is very very doable. Um, all of these teams, I think they should sweep L.A. L.A. always underperforms, and I think they will not disappoint when they underperform here. Uh, Raiders, Patriots, Browns. I, I don't care if you don't have Deshaun Watson. I don't. I I'm not going to take you seriously. Still not, still not doing it. Um, this is if they at the very best, they can finish ten and seven. I think ten and seven is a solid ceiling for this team, which is playoff caliber, which is very, very good, considering they were one in five, literally a few weeks ago. So this is this is good. This is good for them. They may not win a Super Bowl, but at least they could build on this next year and try to go for a Super Bowl because you cannot. You cannot waste a pro Bowl caliber quarterback who you just threw threw money at and draft picks at and then just say, you know what let's trade them away, let's hit the reset button. No if you got, if you see if you see some winning here, if you see some fight in this team, invest in it. trade for some good wide receivers, get some good defense. this is a good this is a good stepping stone for them. but I think we can all agree in this in this uh, uh, in on this show right now this team is not a Super Bowl team. No, playoff team. Absolutely yes. not. Playoff team. Yes, they can make the playoffs at this point. And if they, I think if they don't, it would be a disappointment. There's no moral victories here, um, especially with what they have, with the chips they have pushed towards the middle of the table. And I think we forget that a lot. So no moral victories. You don't miss. You make. You don't make the playoffs. Don't blow it up. But look at this season as a disappointment. Oh well. Well, you you did really well this year. You you. You started one and five. You shouldn't have started one and five to begin with. Win a Super Bowl with this guy. He has a ring. Stop giving this guy the fr- the free pass. As Sean Payton says, stop kissing babies, Russell Wilson. All right, guys. Um, we're going to move on. Next, we've got Chris's trivia and top three, bottom three. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Adam Wright, Chris Kostich, CJ Medeiros. We have moved on to our weekly trivia segment for week 11. Chris, take it away.
1: Today's trivia. I want you guys to name me the top 10 yards per game leaders. Passing.
2: This uh, Who goes first? Who does top what? Top 10?
1: Top 10. Okay. Three strikes each. Right. Uh what is CJ Stroud? I alone? saw that.
0: I saw you typing. I heard I, that.
2: I'm literally on another window and I'm not doing what you think.
1: You you better not be researching, but yeah, CJ Stroud is number one.
2: I'm
1: you're not you're top here. To your...
0: yards. Top ten in yards per game. Give me Tua.
1: Tua is number two.
2: Uh go. I feel like Mahomes is up there.
0: Mahomes
1: is up here. He is number seven.
0: Okay. Give me Sam Howell.
1: Sam Howell is number oh, four.
0: Yeah. All right. What about
1: Jay Herbo? Herbert is number nine.
2: Oof.
1: Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is number three for despite having not played <laughs> the last three weeks. Uh Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy is number six. Hold on. Okay. Where who's wait, what positions are left now? You gotta tell us. Um Missing number ten, number five, and number five. Yeah, you guys. Russell Wilson ripping through this. Will Russ is not on here.
2: Ah. Uh, wait. Yards per game. Oh, it's a. Oh uh, hell! What's this? Is Jared Goff on there?
1: Jared Goff's number five or number one, two, three, four. Yeah, number five. Give me Dak Prescott. Prescott's number ten. Jesus Christ, you guys! <laughs> do that. All right, that was too easy. Give me, give me the rushing yards per game leader. Oh, you go wait, top uh, Who five. got?
0: Hang on, who? Hang on, who got? You guys? You guys got more than five,
1: five, right? You,
0: you guys both got it equally. We got it equally. All right. So then we no need. One, no one got. No one got a loss right. there. <laughs> so this. So. Maybe maybe we need to keep it to an odd number so that. Well, no, and I thought Adam that.
1: got a strike. Ah, I Not
0: did done. get a strike, so I guess CJ can win if you wait. Wants. Did Did you get a strike?
1: Yeah, I, I thought he.
0: I answered. I I asked Russell Wilson, and he was Oh,
1: there. that's right. That's right. So yeah, CJ did win. Wait. What? Wait. Which? who's there? And which
2: ones did I say? We got to figure this out.
1: Jeez, this turned into crapshoot already this so is math buddy so cj you said stroud uh-huh there's one and then i
2: adam said stroud oh, i said stroud i'm trying to think i said Goff. i said purdy
0: listen i got a strike so that's the tiebreaker
1: yes i oh. mean regardless adam lost fair enough yeah
0: but maybe in the future we could do like a point system like if it'll be like 10 in reverse so like if you get number one, that's ten points. If you get number yeah. two, that's nine points. Right? That's something bad, like yeah. that. I don't know. Something like that. Eh. And maybe we could do it. Hey, this, maybe it could be thought, an odd number, so it could be top five.
1: I thought this was fine because, because Adam got a strike anyways, and I was just being an idiot and wasn't paying attention. That's okay. I, I lost anyways. Believe
2: so. me, I forgive you.
1: Adam is still winless, I think.
0: <laughs> I've yeah, I forgot you game, keep but- track.
1: I don't know. I've stopped keeping track. Uh, Top three, bottom three for this past week. Uh, Eagle, top three. Eagles, Jaguars, Broncos, honorable mention, the Rams and Giants. We'll start with the Eagles. Uh, Pretty simple enough. Eagles getting their Super Bowl revenge on the Chiefs. Uh, Having their way with the offense, really. Uh, The run game still looks good. Defense still looks good. I'll take it. I mean, still worried about Jalen Hurts a little bit, but... Said this before, it's been more of the run, uh, more emphasis on the run game this year. Uh, Jaguars, blowout win versus the Titans after a very bad blowout loss to the 49ers. I'll put you on that list any day of the week. Broncos, four-game winning streak right now. And like I said, this is a much different energy that's coming from this Broncos squad. Liking where the Broncos are going. It's good step up for at least next year, regardless if they make the playoffs or not. Going to the honorable mention, the Rams. They're they're not making the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that they aren't going to be a good spoiler team down the road. And they showed this. Granted, still a divisional game against Seahawks. So, divisional games can usually go either way. But... That's that's still a perfect spoiler alert right there. You know, Seahawks are supposed to be in playoff contention. Giants division win and a good game from Danny DeVito all of a sudden. (laughs) And granted, they beat up on a on a bad Washington off or Washington defense in general. But I think the Giants defense has shown some flashes. And they did obviously. This past week they picked off Sam Howell three times. So I'm I'm a little on about the Giants defense. I like them a little bit. They've shown, like I said, they've shown clashes, but all in all, the Giants are still a bad team. So I don't think they'll necessarily play the spoiler alert as much as the Rams probably will. But you know, for sake of locker room morale, I'll give the Giants that honorable mention. Thoughts okay. from you fellas?
2: I was actually shocked how well Danny DeVito actually played in that game. Right? He went from like not throwing a pass against the Jets to absolutely lighting up that commander's secondary.
1: Three touchdowns, no well, interceptions.
2: Yeah. So I'll give him credit where, where it's due. And yeah, I, no major complaints from me. I, I, I agree.
0: Yeah, I'd say I agree with this list pretty much, especially since Danny Devito was sacked nine times. That's yeah. actually insane. Nine times, but still through for over three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. I always love a quarterback who's who gets his teeth kicked in, and still ends up winning games. That's that shows toughness to me.
1: Yeah, and in general, this this week was a weird week. I've kind of felt like I had to. There was a lot of games that really stood out to me in general, right? So, I don't know. It this was a tougher week for me to really kind of determine who was really good and really bad. Um bottom 3 Chiefs, Jets, Bengals. Honorable mention the Seahawks and the Steelers. Chiefs, easy enough. Their receivers still suck. Defense is the only thing that's really holding them together right now. Um, The Jets, they only put up six points, got to the point where they finally benched Zach Wilson. And it sounds like Zach Wilson isn't even going to be the backup. He's probably going to be third string at this rate. I Um, know
2: Tim Boyle's the starter. Who's now second string?
1: I think – oh, I just saw an update about – well, Joe Flacco got signed to the practice squad, I think, unless –
2: I thought he was going to
1: Cleveland. Yeah, he's going to Cleveland. I was thinking the wrong team. My fault. But um, oh man, I just saw it too. Uh, he, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon's coming back. That's who. Oh, it that's else. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Bengals lost to your divisional rival, trying to stay in a playoff spot, and you lose Burrow. I mean, usually I don't hinder a team for losing their starting quarterback, but in this case, it's just this was just such a big week and for all that to happen in one just really shot down their playoff hopes so quickly. Seahawks, uh to the honorable mention, Seahawks. That offense is dead. Oh my lord. This yeah. This offense hasn't really been has really been lackluster, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, Geno Smith didn't throw an interception, but now you've lost Kenneth Walker, or you lost Kenneth Walker. Lord knows if he's going to miss this next week. Geno Smith's a little shaken up, so he said that he's still good to go for uh, Thanksgiving Day, but we'll see how that ends up hindering him against a really good 49ers defense. And the Seahawks are still on that line of being in and out of the playoffs So this is just a bad loss in general. Steelers, they only put up 10 points. Granted, it's a good Browns defense, but you lost to a third-string quarterback. And the only thing good that happened from the Steelers from this past week is that they fired Matt Canada this morning.
2: Yeah. A move that took, in my humble opinion, way too long.
1: Yep. And in the however long that he was – with the Steelers, they never put up more than 400 yards of offense. I and Kenny it. Pickett, Kenny Pickett hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in Lord knows how long. General thoughts.
2: One thing I do want to say about these Seattle Seahawks. I, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like, their fans, your nightmare's coming true. Is it we were we said this off season after they extended Gino is that can Gino keep it up? Was he a flash in the pan or is he legitimate? It's starting to look like option one is becoming the frightening reality.
0: That is all. Adam, you muted. Yeah, it really does look like it was a flash in the pan. But I would, he's still been okay. And I think yeah. this this Seahawks team's probably going to make the playoffs. And even Geno Smith, the one that we actually know, I don't think we would expect that from even him. Like, what we saw last year was a pro bowler who was um, Russell Wilson, like the real Russell Wilson, possessing the body of Geno Smith. That's what we got. I mean, look at the statistics. It was literally what Russell Wilson does. So, that I mean, what we're seeing is not really the Geno Smith we know, but – He's certainly not been what he was last year. I don't know what happened last year. I think we're all confused and scratching our heads from what happened last year with that Seahawks team. That came out of left field.
1: But I still, think, he's been I fine.
0: Think,
1: I think just the Linsanity run just ended for him. That's all it was.
0: Yeah. Well awesome. we'll see how it goes. They they still have a lot of season left and they're they're six and four right now. So give it some time. And I still I still see them making making the playoffs. So I would give it some time.
1: Yeah. I can live with that. I mean, yeah. let's, I mean, we can quickly look at the schedule real quick if we want. Um, if I can freaking pull it up. If it'll let me pull it up. Geez, what's going on here? All right. So obviously they have the 49ers on Thanksgiving. Just write that down as a loss. Cowboys, I think they'll, I think the Cowboys are going to beat up on them. Because Cowboys beat up on average to bad teams. And Seahawks are an average team. 49ers, they're going to get beat by the 49ers again. Maybe, just maybe, this is probably one of those division splits for all we know. And that's the thing. These next four games are not great for the Seahawks. Because then, the fourth game, they have the Eagles in Philly. Last three weeks of the season, they have Titans, Steelers, Cardinals which should be a little easier, but for the next four, of the for the next seven is just going to be brutal for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, this is, so it's going to be tough, but I think the Seahawks are a fairly competitive team. Again, I did not think, I do not think that they should have committed to Gino Smith with this long-term deal. I know it's three years, but that's a lot of money for a guy who's been a career backup. He's not, he's not that good that he was last year. And by committing to him, they, they can't really move on to a franchise guy who they take in the draft or acquire through a trade. They can't really yeah. do that anymore. So And also, they're too good now to be a lottery team that gets one of those quarterbacks. So they're kind of screwed either way. So that's something to look at as well. But uh, we are against the clock. Any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Nope. Not really. Yeah, Uh, 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 Shaq, Shaq, Shaq Leonard, guys, uh, that guy is uh, released. He will end up on a contender soon. That is um, one of the more shocking things I've seen from this uh, from this week. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have all new episodes out on Tuesdays at 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski or our TikTok at FumbleRooskiPod to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.